Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, bringing help and encouragement to those dealing with real-life issues. To learn more, visit ConqueringSeedsOfDestruction.com. Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, and my name is Maureen Wild-Smith. Over the next few weeks, I will be sharing with you some of my podcasts that have made the list of being the best of Conquering the Seeds of Destruction. Now, whether this is your first time hearing the podcast or you remember it from before, I pray that it will provide help and encouragement to you in your life. Now, today I'm going to cover the last root that can form from the seed of rebellion. And that root is called the root of desolation. So let's go ahead and define it. Desolation means a state of complete emptiness or destruction. It also means anguished misery or loneliness. Now, the scripture reference that I use comes from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 21 through 26, which says, My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them, for they will refresh your soul. They are like jewels on a necklace. They keep you safe on your way, and your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked, for the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. And again, that's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. When the root of desolation has come upon you, you are now at a point where you have hit rock bottom. Through all the things that you have done to keep things going your way, you have now discovered that none of those things work for you. You tried to keep things the way you wanted them, but things never went in the direction that you had expected. You kept running into opposition, trying to show you a better way, but you kept rejecting it. Now you are faced with some hard truth. You do need God in your life. God has been wanting for you to come to him. He wants you to know that you don't have to feel as if no one is there for you. You don't have to stay in your loneliness. You don't have to stay in your misery. The enemy will keep reminding you of all the things that have happened to you. As long as you keep allowing yourself to revisit the pain on a frequent basis, he keeps the root of desolation front and center with you. I know that what you are feeling is hard to deal with, but please know that you don't have to face this alone. God wants you to allow yourself to open up to him. You may not have the right words to say to him, but that is okay. He knows you, and he also sees the tears that you have shed. Please try to open up and share the things that you are feeling. He already knows but he wants you to come to him to show that you need him. You have been trying to do things for a while the way that you have wanted to do them. 
Now that you have recognized that you need to try things in a different way, you seem to be afraid of putting your best foot forward. Please find a way to turn off the negative voices that are flowing in your head. You don't have to stay in this root of desolation that the enemy is trying to consume you with. Now, you may have gotten to this level, but there is so much more to life than what the enemy is trying to convince you with. Even if the enemy is convincing you that you are at the bottom, you have nothing else to do now but to go up. As you keep trying to turn off the negative voices in your head, please try to replace a negative thought with a word from God. He knows where you are and what you need. You may not want a relationship of any kind right now, but you do need a relationship with him. Find a scripture in the Bible that can counter the things that you are feeling and allow that to meditate into your spirit. The more you keep speaking God's word into you and you keep your thoughts and focus on God, things will start to get better for you. When you lose focus and concentrate on all the negative things going on in your life, you are actually giving the enemy the permission to come back in. You can fight the enemy and resist him by submitting to God and having his words to reign in your life. Let me also add, the enemy will keep trying to tempt you and distract you. Because you have made a conscious decision to do something differently than what you had been doing previously, you have made the enemy upset now. He thought he had you already in his corner, and now he has to start working more to try to get you back. Whatever you do, please avoid him. Please stop giving in to the distractions that he is trying to tempt you with. Please find a way to turn off his voice. If you keep making the effort to let go of the hurt and pain, and you start focusing on what God is doing in your life, you will be able to avoid a lot of the enemy's trickery. It may not be easy at times, but it will definitely be worth the effort that you have put into it. So now, let's go ahead and take a look at the example again with Ezekiel. So I'm going to be reading Ezekiel chapter 7, verses 14 through 27. And it says, The trumpets call Israel's army to mobilize, but no one listens, for my fury is against them all. Any who leave the city walls will be killed by enemy swords. Those who stay inside will die of famine and disease. The few who survive and escape to the mountains will moan like doves, weeping for their sins. Everyone's hands will be feeble. Their knees will be as weak as water. They will dress themselves in sackcloth. Horror and shame will cover them. They will shave their heads in sorrow and remorse. They will throw away their money, tossing it out like worthless trash. It won't buy their deliverance in that day of the Lord's anger. It will neither satisfy nor feed them, for their love of money made them stumble into sin. 
They were proud of their gold jewelry and used it to make vile and detestable idols. That is why I will make all their wealth disgusting to them. I will give it as plunder to foreigners from the most wicked of nations, and they will defile it. I will hide my eyes as these robbers invade my treasured land and corrupt it. Prepare chains for my people, for the land is bloodied by terrible crimes. Jerusalem is filled with violence. I will bring the most ruthless of nations to occupy their homes. I will break down their proud fortresses and defile their sanctuaries. Terror and trembling will overcome my people. They will look for peace, but will not find it. Calamity will follow calamity. Rumor will follow rumor. They will look in vain for a vision from the prophets. They will receive no teaching from the priest and no counsel from the leaders. The king and the prince will stand helpless, weeping in despair, and the people's hands will tremble with fear. I will bring against them the evil they have done to others, and they will receive the punishment they so richly deserve. They will know that I am the Lord. And again, that's Ezekiel chapter 7, verses 14 through 27. As you can see from these scriptures, God has had about enough of the children of Israel's disobedience. God had blessed them to help them through their challenges. However, as their wealth grew, their love for money not only helped them to grow and thrive, but they took their gold and made idols. Their disobedience to him continued to escalate, and they were not even concerned about it. They were not experiencing any type of suffering or consequences at the time, so they operated in their sin without any type of remorse to God. God would soon change all of that, though, and they would start to feel God's wrath. God was not going to allow them to keep doing things that went against his commandments and the things that he had told them to do on a regular basis. He had expectations of them, and wanted them to do the things to fulfill his purpose. The children of Israel seemed to ignore all of his requests, and they did things only to please them. It is so unfortunate because God gave them chance after chance after chance. He sent many prophets to warn them that if they didn't change their ways, they would have to pay the consequences for their disobedience. They didn't believe the prophets when they delivered the messages from God, and they also didn't believe what God had said. As a result, they would soon experience God's fury upon them. Although many people may think that these are stories that are from long ago and that God would not hold anyone accountable present day, that is not the case. If you connect with him through Jesus and you start to hear his voice through the Holy Spirit speaking to you, then you will also hear him speak of 
his accountability and his consequences. Just as God was alive and well back then, he is still alive and well now. He does have expectations for all of us to live a certain way that is pleasing to him. Now granted, he may know that we all sin and come short of the glory of God as shared in Romans 3.23. However, it doesn't mean that when you repent of your sins and ask for God's forgiveness, and he does, that you just start going back and doing the same things that you were doing before. The goal is for you to really turn from sin and start walking in obedience to him. He wants you to represent him in a way that is pleasing to him and not in a way that is pleasing to sin. Each person is on a journey and there is a step-by-step process that each person is trying to do and accomplish with the help of the Holy Spirit. You must have your mind and your heart open to hear him. But you must spend the time in his word so that you can learn and grow from the things that he pours into you. As I have shared in the past, you have to grow and mature in your spiritual being so that you can be guided by him and do the things that he would have you to do. You can't just study his word every now and then. You have to study so that the spirit can minister to you on how you should do things, as well as how you should actually be. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And again, that's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. The enemy wants to keep you in this route of desolation, but please make a conscious decision to not listen to him. You have been in this state long enough and you have seen the outcome of your situations. There are greater things on the other side of this, but you must trust in God and believe that there are. You have to trust completely in what God says to do, and you must also do the things that he wants you to do. God is an action God, so you must put the work into it so that you can see him move in your life. And I see I'm going to have to end here, so please come back and see how things unfold and what God will do in our lives as we are conquering the seeds of destruction. Take care and stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Public author and speaker Maureen Y. Smith brings help and encouragement to deal with real-life issues, giving you permission to live the life of abundance that God wants you to live, allowing peace, joy, and freedom to reign in your life. To book Maureen at your next event or small group, email conqueringseedsofdestruction at gmail.com. And to follow Maureen along in this journey, purchase your discounted copy of Conquering the Seeds of Destruction book and workbook at conqueringseedsofdestruction.com. That's conqueringseedsofdestruction.com.